0: and the adventure begins. We're live. We're live. <laughs> Streaming to you live from the internet. So I can't wait to introduce you all to the guest today. I've known him for about 30 seconds because we didn't do a prep call. Interesting. Um, and not not on him or myself. We just The, the fates did not allow it. But already, I'm, I'm loving. I, I, I've looked into him and I, and I love his background. I love what he does. Who is he, Casey? Stop, stop losing yourself in the introduction. Who is this guy? Well, he is a marketing thought leader. He's an entrepreneur, a speaker, problem solver, a strategist, really. He's the host of the B2B Mentors podcast, B2B World, close to my heart. He's the CMO at Proven Content. Many people call him the content king. Connor Doobie, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, oh, thanks for having me. Great yeah, man. No, oh, thanks. Thanks. I call that the perfect intro TM. TM. Have Trade you button. TM'd it? Uh, not, you should. I should. Yeah. The perfect thanks. intro. Perfect intro. TM. It's got I a beginning, it's got a middle,
1: and it's got an end to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and now that you've said that, now that we've talked about it, now it's in common use. So uh, Now we, we're further backing up that trademark, so I appreciate that. It's down on paper. <laughs> now you have to do it. You don't have a choice. Down on paper. Well, dude, let me start this thing off the way we start every one of these episodes by asking you the question, that million-dollar question. Connor, pull back for me the curtain for us on your show
1: and share your most important strategy for a great interview podcast. So I started podcasting about five years ago. And my first show was actually 100% in person. And you mentioned, you know, Roganized is a metric. It was very Rogan style across from a table, you know, long form hour, hour and a half. And um, that was a uh, Mile High Mentor's And eventually evolved into B two B mentors, which is now my main podcast and focus. And I've done, I've been on hundreds of podcasts. I've done hundreds of interviews. I would say the one thing, and the one differentiator, in my opinion, what makes a great show: one, edutainment. And if you've ever watched your podcast, listened to it, I keep things interesting and try to entertain as much as educate the audience and um the guests seem to really enjoy it too because i kind of come from left field i'm add brain to begin with and so you know getting people laughing and cracking jokes and not trying to take myself too seriously yeah which i think too many podcasters try to overly and and they're genuinely good people and genuinely interesting but they don't allow that because they think That podcasting has to have a very rigid and Mm. static structure to it. So that'd be number one. And number two, I never, rarely ever pre script my questions. And the reason for that also is I have just learned how to be naturally curious. And I approach every conversation, whether it's a bus driver, whether it's a CEO of privately or publicly traded company. It's a celebrity. Um, just childlike curiosity when I'm talking to them and genuinely take interest. And in, if it's not someone or subject matter I can genuinely take interest in, then I typically don't do an interview. And I felt like that's probably made for good content, has definitely attributed to the success. I get DMs on LinkedIn all the time. Heard your podcast. I love it. Get emails. I get about 500 emails a day from people like, Hey, we want to put this person on your show. Oh, bookers. And, uh, dun, dun, dun. 99% of the time it's no. And I respond and say, yeah, it's a $5,000 fee um, because I didn't select you. So. Love that. Has anyone said yes to that? No. <laughs> No, because they're just they're, they're just playing the numbers game and end up a bunch of shows and stuff. Yeah. But, but anyways, my point is, too, is just I'm not filling the void just to fill a void with content. I'm genuinely interested in the people I'm talking to. Yeah. And uh, I think that's probably made for great content.
0: Yeah. The, the genuinely interested in the people you're talking to and you're naturally curious. It sounds like you're asking questions you want to hear the answers to.
1: I'm selfish, which I think is also important, is you know, be selfish. And, and, and if you're interested in diving into something and you're, gen- again, back to genuine curiosity, then your audience is going to feel that and that's going to feel authentic as well. But selfishly, like I'm trying to improve my business, improve my life, improve, you know, everything around me and my environment. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, constantly learn how to make that happen
0: is that the marker? Cause when you talk about edutainment and I love bringing that word, no one's talked about that yet. The idea of educating people and entertaining them is, is, is the bar set that if you're learning something, then everyone else is too. Or how do you, how do you know when you're, 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 everyone's learning enough when you're scratching that edge?
1: When, when I listen, I've um spoken at conferences, I've been to events. I've I've spent $50,000 this year alone, just in masterminds, um, coaches, uh, mentors, you name it. And, um, I think the one thing that I always get out of each scenario is just that one golden nugget. So I express this too in my show is, what is truly like everything may not resonate to you in that exact period of time. Like I've read books three or four years ago. I've gone back and reread them and gotten a totally different concept or principle out of it that I didn't have otherwise. Yeah. And so the way I would coach people to listen to a show is just find that one thing that you can actually implement, which Mm -hmm. is why I don't like fluffy, woo-woo, you know, like people who are not true practitioners. Maybe they're like branded and all that, but they're not actual practitioners. You see a lot of this in the B2B marketing world. Um, They're theorists. Uh, And so uh, I genuinely like to just find that one thing that I can implement right away. And then I can always, that's the beauty of podcasting too, is I can always refer back to it. Oh, this guest on this topic, um, you know, I know that I can go in and re-listen to it. And all I'm looking for is that one thing because that's all it is. Like, there's not some sexy new thing that's gonna help completely change your life. It's going to probably be something you already know, but you needed to be reminded about in that moment at that time. Are you like that? I, I get friends telling me, I gotta read this book, or my wife's telling me, I gotta read this
0: book, and then. I finally have that final, the seventh person says, read this book. And I tell my wife, Hey, I'm reading this book. So-and-so recommended it. She's like, you jerk. I told you about
1: that yeah, <laughs> four months ago. 100%. It happens all the time. Yeah. You know, most success is not complicated. I've surrounded myself like, um, you know, one of my main coaches, nine figure earner, surrounds himself with celebrities, well-known people, A-listers, people you would yeah. know. Um, I learned from him. And at the end of the day, it's like from across the board, I have a billionaire that I get coached from. Um, it's it's really all about just doing the simple things, but doing them consistently mm. and really you know, doing the boring work. And so there's a lot of different ways to say it and to talk about it, which is going to resonate with different people in different ways. And that's kind of how your messaging gets across. I could be and I probably do. There really is no original thought anymore. I'd probably say the same thing that other people say. And I say it in a unique way that probably, people yeah. end up, you know, grasping onto it. Um, and yeah.
0: Yeah. You might be saying in a way that, it, you know, just finally connects with them. Like the two neurons are finally sticking together, whereas maybe the rest of them bounced off. It just wasn't said in that way.
1: And I, I don't know necessarily if everyone does think like that, but I just know personally from you know all the stuff I've done, um, it's always just that one that one other little little piece of information that I needed right at that time. The mm-hmm. difference is I always take action on it and I, you know, put speed of implementation into place. And, you know, that's why things have continued to to grow in, in business and life over the years. Speed of implementation.
0: Man, I feel like this podcast as in life, right? We talk about podcasts, and it can very easily just slip into like, how are we successful at life? How do we get the most out of it? Um, I, I'm sure I could talk to you for hours about these things. Maybe we'll have to connect up with some beers at some point. So for sure. I'd love to, to go back to one of the things you said about that rigid structure and how sometimes those new podcasters are like, I must ask these questions. And I'm sure yeah. you've been on the shows. We're like, I have 10 questions. I'm going to ask you these questions and I'm not going to re- even show you I'm a human. I'm just like a, I'm a bot asking you questions and you answer like, good, thanks. Next question. Boom. Talk to me about breaking out of that. And then do you have a particular structure? How rigid, how flexible is it? Is it just
1: nothing's prepared whatsoever? Or is there like a, a, a scaffolding to it? Um, well, me personally, yeah, yeah, I do my homework on the guest. I listen to other shows that they've been interviewed on because one thing I want out of it is when I hit end recording and I get this more times than not is, wow, that was one of the best shows I've been on. That was a lot of fun. You're really good at this. And so I'm always trying to create that wow factor, you know, for the guest, And um, what was the original question again? Was uh, the structure, you know? Yeah, I mean. I, I've been, again, I've been interviewed on and I'll go on any podcast. You know, if, if you have zero listeners right now, you just start a podcast, I'll do a podcast interview with you because three years from now that podcast could blow up. And I know people <laughs> are going to go back and listen to it, yeah. but you know, people, I, I I've been on podcasts where they've done a thousand interviews and they're terrible at it because number one, they're not actually active listening which is a part of having a conversation. And that is what a podcast, I, if you're doing an interview podcast, it should be a conversation. Um, and you may have a different structure where it needs to be more rigid or is more rigid. But in my experience, the best ones I've listened to just feel like a natural conversation. You're a fly on the wall. Yeah. And when you overly, I mean, preparing is good. And some people really need that. Me, I'm really good in the moment. Like, I could Mm -hmm. go, you could throw me on stage right now and I could do 15 minutes of stand up comedy and have a blast with it and not even be nervous about it.
0: That's awesome. So,
1: I'm really good in the moment. Not everyone kind of has that same uh, modality or that same on and off switch to them. So, preparing is good. But when you're just worried about asking the question and getting to the next question, you're not one, not actively listening. You're just trying to get through it. And the best, absolute best content you're going to get is not in the question that you think is so important because I guarantee your question sucks. I'm just kidding. That was a little aggressive. No, that's true. It um, probably sucks. Uh, I guarantee you if this person you're interviewing on your podcast um, like you mentioned, you, uh, you we talked about John Lee Dumas, one of the godfathers of business podcasting, um, one of the larger podcasts out there. The guy has been on so many podcasts. There's nothing you could ask him that would surprise him. Right. But in his answer, you may catch something that they're going to say because of what's going on in their life, in their mind at that time. And if you miss it, then you're going to miss expanding upon that And that's where the good content comes from. That's truly where great content comes from is the question behind the question. Question behind the question. It's that follow-up.
0: And I love the idea of you have to be active listening to hear that thing. Otherwise, it's going to fly past you. And maybe your entire audience heard it. They're like, please, for the love of God, please ask about that or tell me more. But you were on to the next question or
1: you weren't listening or whatever the case and I still make that mistake from time. I didn't get enough sleep the day before, did a sure. podcast. I was scrambling, didn't do enough preparation or even, you know, looking into the guest as much as I as I possibly sure. should have. And you're gonna mess up. Um, the the thing is you just keep rolling and learning from your mistakes, and you know, just the habit of doing podcasts. By the way, I think there's a stat, and you've probably talked about this on the show. Most people who launch a podcast. I think it's in the ninety percent range of people who start a podcast don't make it past episode seven, and so it, you get through seven episodes, you're like, this is uncomfortable. I don't like it. I'm not good at it yet. Um, you know, look at those who you think you look up to and have great shows who've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds yeah. of at bats um, to get there. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And each one you learn stuff, right? You go back in time. Have you have you heard some of your early ones, your, your Joe Rogan ones? I don't, I don't listen to my podcasts. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't lately. I used to just to relearn everything. Like these, I actually go back through and I take notes on what I learned so I can learn it all over again. So I can like mm-hmm. kind of organize it. But yeah, some of those early ones were rough and it's hard hearing yourself say definitely 30 times <laughs> or overusing some device, you know?
1: I've watched the videos and I, I say that tongue in cheek. I mean, it's not that I haven't gone back and listened to them, but more so I ask other people um, who are listeners or yeah. potential listeners what their feedback is, because they're going to point something out that I'm totally unaware of, um, even if I do go back and listen myself. And so in that aspect, too, it's truly not about me. Um, it's about we. We. Uh, who are listening to the show and who are trying to learn something, mm-hmm. and so that's why I use that that approach to you know get real feedback from my guests or from my listeners. Makes a lot of sense. I'd love to take you one layer
0: deeper on the questions and and the question prep. So, do you have anything in front of you when you go to interview your guest? So you just you have the notebook
1: and you have no prepped questions, or do you have like one or or none at all? I'll put I- some bullet points down. Okay. I'll usually write some bullet points. Like, I mean, sometimes literally five minutes before we hit record, sure. I'll put some key bullet points down. Yep. Um, but I like when I go and I look at their profile, I can listen to five minutes of a show and pick up on something really quick or that person, how they like to communicate, what mm. lights them up. Um, you know, I can look at their content and I can do all that in 10, 15 minutes and I absorb that really quickly. So I'm um, literally just my notebook Um, and, uh, not say that's good or bad. It's just how that works for me. Yeah. And I know other, you know, shows they script out and word document and have all their questions laid out. I just, again, I like, I like the approach of, um, spontaneity and, uh, that for me keeps things interesting, keeps me excited Mm. about doing the show. That that spontaneous nature keeps you on your toes.
0: So let's say you're you're gonna hit record with so anyone, right? And do you know what that first question is?
1: Sometimes. Or do you just like to just pull that out of your head? Right. Sometimes at the last I'll give you an example. I had a, I had the um CEO of recruiter.com okay. on and I did an interview with him two weeks ago. And, um, you know, Evan Sohn, and he's on CNBC, MSN, nice. you know, these major, and they're a publicly traded company. Like he's, he is a public figure and, uh, you know, they're fast growing, massive company. And, you know, I listened to a lot of his interviews and the interviewer uh, were always so dry and obviously just talking about recruiting and staffing. And I'm like, So we hit record. I'm like, I'm going to do the opposite. And I'm like, here's what we're going to do. I've, Evan has tons of podcasts out there. You can go listen to them. Uh, And, you know, if you want to hear about recruiting and all that, which is super important, but I want to get behind the mind of Evan Sohn and truly get to understand this person and how you think strategically as a CEO of a publicly traded company. And then I cracked a joke. I said, Oh by the way I saw on your LinkedIn profile it said you're special advisor for recruiter.com before you came in as CEO um what is a what is a special what is a special advisor I've never even heard that before man I mean did did they offer you an advisory role and the first thing you said is yes I'll do it as long as it's special and he just starts <laughs> cracking up and uh in to- by the way he like when we jumped on, I could tell he was very stiff, and mm. was like I've done this before, da da da, and you know, what to check Let's, another box for the. I'm like, you done. I'm like, yeah. you're familiar with stream because we record on Streamyard. I'm like, oh, you've done Streamyard before, all that good stuff, and um, and he's like, yep, 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 and I'm like, ready to go. He's like, yep, and then I got him to open up, and mm. I got a completely unique interview with him than anybody else out there probably the best interview he's ever done um, because one, I used humor. I got him to open up and I went in opposite direction than everybody else. And it made for great content. Um, and that episode isn't published yet, but you know, I would encourage everyone to check that out, listen to that and then go Google Evan and listen to his other podcasts and compare the two that's and, cool. and, and kind of see what that's like. So Dude, I-, I love that. If you think back to that interview,
0: when, when did that, that thought hit you? I'm going to ask him about that shit. Like I'm going to go there. Did you have it like in the moment or like five seconds before you're like, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to switch this thing up. Like when, when did that come to you?
1: Him in particular, I know the character type, right? CEO, your, okay. your public face. you're, you're on a lot of interviews and all that good stuff. And so I knew I had to hit him with something to knock him off of balance in yeah. the beginning to just, shake things up. You know, he thought I was going to come in and ask him boring questions like <laughs> everyone else. And I came in and I shook it up. And, um, you know, I, again, just genuinely went authentic and asked him questions. I was curious on, but, you yeah. know, there's parts, I mean, there's parts in the podcast he's turned around, like looking at his book library. We're talking about books. Like it just was a genuinely authentic conversation. You're great at that that too, by the way. I mean, you're a great interviewer. You're actually allowing me the space to talk. Most, again, most interviewers are so worked in trying to get cut, but the best content comes when you just ask, shut the hell up, and then let that person roll with their thoughts. I love that. That's like, that's a quotable moment right there. Yeah, I appreciate the compliment too.
0: With my marketing show, I've got milestone questions, right? The first question, and I've got middle ones, and then Sort of a final one, so I've got structure, and I allow myself to, you know, do goofy things in between there. This one has been an interesting experiment because even though I started with that model, it's it's morphed into starting question, and then there are, I have a list of like twenty questions I could ask, but then it it I found it more fun, like you're saying, to just go with things. Like I'm I'm
1: catching these things that you're saying, and it's like oh, I gotta go down that rabbit hole. And it's not good or bad. I mean, right. You're right. And it, I, I honestly, there's some shows where they need a, a it, the way the show is set up, it needs a, a format and a structure because that's what people expect, expect, right. I'm going to get this out of this person, this, this, and this, and get my takeaways and, right. you know, move on. And that's fine. Um, you know, in terms of like, it just, you got to understand your style and, yeah. and also your audience, because it's not about you. It's about them. Well, tell me about that though. Isn't there this like weird balance between we've talked,
0: I mean, you even said this. I agree with you. Be selfish. Ask the questions you want to know. How do you balance that, that selfishness of like making sure you're curious and you're asking questions and then at the same time, keeping your audience in mind?
1: Uh, I don't always, uh, like I'm not always doing that because there are times where I'll go down a rabbit trail. That's like in hindsight, Oh, why did I do that? But you know, (laughs) that's just kind of how the conversation went. So, um, (laughs) it's, it's, you know, uh, the answer is, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure. It just, it's just, uh, I always try to consider that. Yes, there's people listening to this, but I also don't want to overthink that and then become so you know overly dry that um, right. that I'm like you know too focused on them, not just having an authentic conversation. There's a great podcast, um, uh, Brad Lee's podcast, for example. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Brad Lee. What's his hmm. podcast called? It is called Dropping Bombs. That's it. So, and I've had some, (laughs) had some friends that have gone on that show and, um, you know, he's very cuts people off, interrupts, um, Mm. you know, asks odd questions that like are totally obscure. A lot of the time goes off on his own tangents and makes the show about him. But for whatever reason, he's got a wildly, wildly popular show and that works for, him, his personality, and his audience. So that's kind of back to the point. There is no right structure. There's only a right structure for you to be authentic because that's the only way that it's going to work. If you're inauthentic, then people are going to tune out. And, you know, whatever understanding truly who your audience is uh, will allow you to make great content.
0: The right structure for you to be authentic. I love that you added that part because you know, half of what I'm trying to do here is figure out the, the sometimes the high level things and sometimes it's just the tactical nitty gritty of yeah. what are some of the structures of the really successful podcasters like yourself. And and to say, Oh, there's no, you know, it's like, Oh, there's no right answer. But you didn't say that. You said there is a right answer for you. And like, it, to, whatever makes you authentic, whatever makes you able to be yourself. Cool. Do that. And I love that, that twist you put on it. You mentioned earlier, uh, there's things that you can tell lights up your guest. You mentioned that with the CEO of
1: recruiter.com.
0: Talk to me about lighting up your guests.
1: Well, speak, you know, we're both in the B2B arena. Yeah. Um, one, people are selfish and, and they really only care about themselves and in their world, they are the center of the universe. And so I always try to identify what is important to this person. One, what's important to them? What's interesting to them? Is there something I know? Like, I had a guest the other day, I saw he had a hook 'em horns behind his, um, wow. you know, uh, or what is it? A longhorn uh, stuffed animal. Trying to think, not, it is a stuffed animal for the football team, the longhorns, oh, yeah. Texas Longhorns. Yeah, Texas. And we start recording and I just knocked him off of balance. I was like, hey, by the way, hook 'em horns, baby. And then, you know, that got him to open up. And, uh, and so just, it's the little, the little details and noticing that I pick that up very, very quickly. I have the ability to read people in seconds so I can understand, is this person right-brained? Are they left-brained? If they're left-brained, it's going to be a totally different, like my humor isn't going to work on them as well until I start to get them to open up the right brain people. They're going to be a lot of you know, there's going to be a lot of potential directions and it's going to be harder to get them to share some of the more detailed oriented analytical side. And so, um, you know, uh, being able to read people helps with that. And and that also comes from practice. Like I did door to door sales for two and a half years to pay my way through college. Um, You know, I've been in many, many, many sales scenarios. And this goes back to sales because we were talking about B2B whether it is a podcast, because you're in sales if you're in a podcast. One, you got to sell people on being on your show and you got to sell them on getting them to get their information out there. Right. So it is a sale at the end of the day. I got the quirkiest lighting coming in through here right now. I can't avoid it. Oh, that's um, all good. And nobody's uh, watching, anyways. It's all good. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, Hi, <laughs> mom. Uh, <laughs> right.
0: And, just our moms. <laughs>
1: yeah, just our moms. Um, uh, where's I going with that? I my ADD took over again. Well, we got the we got the
0: right brain, the left brain. You're looking at people, and then you, your sales background really has helped train you into just I don't say sizing up people, but kind of getting a sense for them. No, being a
1: podcaster has being a podcaster further helped my sales career. Oh, and, being, wow. and, and being a salesperson as well. And everyone's a salesperson, whether you're an intrapreneur or you're an entrepreneur, you're always selling yourself into a position, into a career, into a rate, whatever it is. And so podcasting has helped because sales is no different. It's about genuine curiosity, getting people to get information out of their head and into your notebook so that you can understand what's important to them and then be able to leverage that information to further get them to open up. Podcasting is no different. Being in a B2B sales environment is absolutely no different. Love this. Any practical tips on sizing up your guests? define sizing up your guests. I mean, I've had tall guests. I've had fat guests. I've had short <laughs> guests like right <laughs> all across uh, the board. So that
0: secret spy thing you're doing, you're, you're where you're looking at them. You're going left brain, right brain. What's going, you know, what's going through your mind. And, and if, if I'm trying to, to model what you're doing, because I, sometimes I don't pay attention to some of these things. Right. And mm-hmm. when I hear someone is, it's almost like poker, right? Me playing poker. I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should bluff but someone else knows, okay, in the last five hands, you did X, Y, and Z. And then on this hand, you did this. I know you have Ace King, right? So it's like, sometimes I don't notice that layer. So share for me that layer. And I know this is all kind of like under the, under the, the, the radar, right? So you are just kind of mentally just doing it, but yeah. what kind of thought process could we, we kind of learn from you to, to go through? What should we notice about our guests when we first meet them?
1: Well, I mean, social media, almost everything. If, if the guest has been on podcasts before, then that's the easiest way to find out how your guest is. Um, and in that case, you, you know, I don't even need to do an intro call with them. And we talked about this before we recorded yeah. uh, is listen to other stuff they've done. Um, if they have put videos out, if they've written articles um, that you can find online, if they've posted on LinkedIn. You can tell pretty quickly how this person is, and then I'm not sure how I'm not an expert in how to coach this into people or how to teach this into people hundred yeah. percent um it's there it's just when I get in front of someone um you know just these little details I'm able to pick up very quickly. And I, I don't even think I realize how I do it. I'm just kind of able to figure out how to get along with this person and get them to open up. And I, it's, I, it might be my super power if you say, yeah. because even back when I was younger, um, adults would be sharing crazy things with me that you wouldn't talk to a kid about not anything inappropriate by any means. Sure. It's just yeah, like, yeah they would treat me as a peer. And so maybe that's the thing um, I always try to do because psychologically people want to um, psychologically people resonate with those who they think are just like them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying be fake. There's ways to do this, but if I see my guest comes in and they're like this, this, then the first thing I'm going to do is go like this, sitting back kind of sit thing. Sit back. If they're forward like this, then I'm going to do it. If they're sitting like this, then I'm going to do the same exact thing. That's cool. Um if a they have mirroring a pen, kind of thing like a, like a sales mirroring. Yeah, and and honestly I don't even think about it cuz mm-hmm. again, I used to go to people's doorstep and try to convince them to buy what did you sell? Door to door. Windows. Windows. That's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, I've had windows guys visit. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. tough. Yeah, you got, I mean, you got crying babies, you've got angry dogs, you've got spouses fighting with each other. I mean, I've been threatened. I came across a family of nudists that lived in Denver. And the worst part is they weren't even friendly nudists. They're really angry. I still look the guy in the eyes and try to pitch him windows. He told me, no, I looked down and it looked kind of chilly in there. (laughs) Um, So I'm like, you know, really pushing on him. And eventually got kicked off that doorstep by a naked man who clearly it was cold in their home and they needed windows. They needed better insulation. I mean, come on, what better
0: signals can you get? <laughs> man. Um, okay. So, so you're, 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 you're sort of sizing people up and just how can I connect with them? It's almost like a Dale Carnegie. You're just sort of sensing what about this person is, is the way that I can um, get them to open up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not always perfect at it. I made mistakes and you get those awkward moments with people and you're not ever going to be able to resonate with everybody, but right. across the board, you can put me anywhere in the world in front of anybody, whether it's an A-list celebrity, it's a billionaire, an entrepreneur, and I can very quickly build rapport and get them to, you know, get them to open up to me. Have you always been that way? Uh, kind of, I, I, I remember even again, being very young and having this, this kind of, um, set. is it just, you know, I, for some reason, you know, maybe it's because I was so desperate to fit in, um, that I would reflect, you know, what that other person is, um, outwardly in some sense to try to build a sense of semblance. So that could possibly be it now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I got
0: a little streak of that as well, where it's just it's something that if I can reflect you back to you,
1: then maybe you're okay with me or something like that. Yeah. Which would be a whole different podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's That's- minor things too. I mean, from a psychological perspective, there's a great book on neuromarketing written by my friend Patrick Renvois, uh, which is called the com- uh, Convert, not conversion code, conversation- conversion code I believe conversion code cool don't call me on that and he'd be great to have on your B2B show also we actually put a uh, training together which you can get on our website persuasion code persuasion um,
0: code oh cool
1: yeah too many books so persuasion code great <laughs> book on neuromarketing but my point is they also have linkedin courses on the free courses that you can access something as small as the every single person thinks with their primal brain hmm. and so Um, How do you get past that? Well, one thing, even if you're virtual on Zoom, stuff like showing your hands, open palm, facing forward, minimally in the beginning of the conversation, Mm. without even thinking about it, I always, always, you probably didn't even realize I did it um, when we first hopped onto Zoom, but I always first show my palms and my hands um, because you know I'm not hiding a weapon or anything dangerous. If I just have my hands like this the whole time, Psychologically, then there seems to be a threat, and it's harder to get someone to open up. Right, another thing. Smiling. I waved at you too. I think I did that. Yeah, you might have. You might have. I mean, these are just
0: subconscious, subtle things things that we're doing to try to put each other at ease.
1: So, if you're podcast, especially if you're podcasting on video, you know, learning learning persuasion is one of the most powerful things that you can also, I would say, study is how the human brain works. And if you have a podcast, chances are you probably have a bu- business also, and that's going to translate very well to sales conversations. Right. I mean, they
0: one and the same. We're, we're connecting with people and hopefully they want what we have, or we can just, I don't know, help each other out mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Uh, love, to, love to switch this up and, and transition. We've talked about the the happy side let's go let's go to the dark side of podcasting what what would you say right now is your biggest challenge with podcasting
1: uh biggest challenge it's always a challenge just to keep things organized when you're running your podcast lean and mean hmm and I partially do that intentionally because I really like to obsess over the details. And so, um, you know, it's easy to get caught up and you get busy. And then all of a sudden you're like, Holy crap. My queue of shows disappeared. And now I'm like two weeks or three weeks without publishing an episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the toughest thing, um, is creating co- additional content out of that, which is very, you know, and especially finding someone committed and loyal to doing that is really difficult. And I would say for other folks, what I hear is in terms of difficulty is like perfection paralysis and overthinking it on the opposite end and then never putting it out there. Like I literally know a friend of mine, very successful entrepreneur, um, you know, was on popular television and he recorded i think 40 episodes of his show before he launched it there's no reason or rhyme (laughs) you need to do that um and he held on to it for like a year uh and so you know that's probably another you know major point is perfection paralysis stops people i never worry about that i just roll forward if i make a mistake or flub or whatever like People are forgiving and people are forgetful, so right. So for you, it's it's the it's like the devil in the details, like you're saying. Like it's simple
0: things done consistently, can or consistent, yeah, consistently can be the thing that can can get in the way of just wanting to have interviews and having conversations with people. It's like
1: all yeah. the work other than the podcast interview itself. Yeah, consistency is key, hundred percent. And you don't get yeah. better unless you keep keep at something. Like if you haven't gone to the gym in a long time. And then you try to get your ass back into the gym and you're going to have a really difficult time, you know, in the beginning and then it becomes habit. And then it just, you do it without even thinking about it. Same yeah. goes for doing a podcast show. Yeah. Like if you haven't done, we'll have your experiences. You haven't had
0: an interview for a, bit, a little vacation or something. You come back to you like, Oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do here. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, crazy. Well, last question for you here. Um, this has been I really enjoyed learning from you this is this is more of a futuristic question so mm-hmm. you know every every so so often 50 episodes is kind of like a year you know of a weekly mm-hmm. show so let's say we chat again 50 episodes from now with your show 50 hundred if you're doing a lot more you know but we chat in about a year's worth of episodes. what would you love to see your show morph into or anything changing anything anything? adapting or what's it look
1: like a year from now? You, I mean, you, it's a good, it's a great question. You don't know what you don't know. Um, right now I'm, 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 I would like to publish more guest interviews regularly versus once a week, because what I do is I publish a guest interview and we're um, ramping up our next season's queue right now. And so in between that, I'll go in and I'll record completely unfiltered, unedited mini episodes mm. that are literally just me talking about other guests, talking about topics, just rifting. And those have exploded downloads for the show, which just blows wow. my mind because it's just me literally talking to myself. So I would like to get you know, more uh, effective at doing that. I would like to get to the point where I'm publishing every single day in the podcast because with the contents there. It surprises me, but people listen to it. Um, and it can literally be three minutes, uh, and it could be 20 minutes sometimes. In fact, back to um, JLD, John, John Lee Dumas, uh, I was on a coaching call with him, and uh, he recommended doing that, is those short burst, um, kind of, you, know, nonchalant talking about what's happening behind the show. Maybe there's something a guest said or an interaction you had that you want to expand upon in an episode. And, um, I, it was some of the best podcast advice because one people seem to enjoy it. I enjoy it. Um, get some good thoughts out and, uh, it's exploded downloads for the show.
0: That much more content, that much more availability for people to get you any lessons learned on those minis that you, you found what works the best.
1: Um, I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. Still in the uh, lab Cause I've had some weird ones that have done really well. And some that I'm like, oh, this is a rock solid topic. And I just was in a complete flow state when I was recording this Hell and, yeah. you know, people didn't respond, uh, to it as well. And so truthfully, I don't know. Well, maybe 50 episodes from now we talk
0: again, you will have the answer for us, but yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, and amazing with the podcast too, you know, just mm-hmm. to expand on that like yeah. the the podcast for me is a vehicle. I don't worry about how many downloads I have or or you know, listeners and all of that good stuff. I mean, yeah, it's important and I really do care about my audience, but on the flip side, I'm building relationships with high-level people who I may not have that opportunity otherwise unless I was paying them, which I'm fine doing, but um If I go to a prospect, I mean, this happened just the other day. I went to a prospect in a company I was interested in and said, hey, do you want to come be a guest on my show? And um, nine out of 10 times, they say yes. Uh, He came on the show and we're wrapping up recording. And I asked him the question, hey, by the way, what kind of resources are you looking for right now? How can people connect to you? Um, What do you need? Uh, what are you trying to build into your business? What kind of people are you looking for? And he's like, yeah, actually, I need help with um with content. And we haven't found a good vendor to do it. I'm like, let's talk, man, because we are proven content. So you came to the right place. And it was just kind of nonchalant. But now I took that relationship and turned that into a potential sales opportunity. And I've done that over and over and over again, just by building relationships. So. Talk to me about your sales
0: background, um, because and I know we we only have so much time, but I'd love to just what's the best way to convert that a, a prospect guest into a customer?
1: You know, I've there's some people who do it by force. Um, I would much rather kind of passively build a strong relationship before I try to like offer anything. And again, subconsciously my brand, cause I don't take on, and even though I've been offered, I don't take on any sponsors for our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I attach my branding and our company name and branding and we're connected on LinkedIn and they're on my email list and all of that. So, you know, I, if, if they say something, then I'll passively, you know, bring it up. Otherwise, um, I typically will just build the relationship. Don't ask for anything. Don't tell them anything. I purely just provide value. And that's where the best opportunities come from.
0: I love that. That's like Cause, that. Cause natural. again,
1: these people expect it too. And that's why that's, yeah. there's a lot of be- podcasters out there putting a bad name out for podcasts because they do 20 podcast episodes a day. All they do is just pump the people through their podcast, give them a sales pitch at the end of the show. They just a lot of time don't even publish the damn show. They just pretend they have a podcast and then, mm. you know, ruins it for other podcasters who that are sucks. genuinely, you know, trying to do uh, good stuff.
0: Yeah, that sucks. We got to root those people out because it because there's a real and it's a sad because there's a real thing here that you can do.
1: I'm sure um, you've been interviewed on on those shows before. Uh I've been asked to be on
0: those. I should I should say yes, just to experiment, and see what it's like. But mostly um, I <laughs> I've dodged the radar on some of those for now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so where can people connect with you? Where do you want them to reach out, learn more about youth, throw out the podcast, anything else you want people to check out? You are the content king. Is there some content we should check out too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and appreciate and by the way, people call me the content king not because like First off, that's not self-proclaimed. This is what other people started calling <laughs> me over the years. Reason being, yeah, I do a heck of a lot of content, but our right. business, ProvenContent.com, we help B2B technical industries and marketers in those companies save a lot of time, headache, time, energy, staff, overhead to get their blogs, videos, newsletters, press releases done. Mm-hmm. And so um, we've done that. We've created 40,000 custom B2B content pieces in the history of our business across 70 different industries. That's why they call me the content king, because I help others to be successful with their content. So it's not really even imposed about me. It's about what I've helped others accomplish. People definitely check out my podcast, B2B Mentors. That's on all your favorite podcast apps. We interview CMOs in very high level companies, people I'm interested in. And also business celebrities. I've had guys like, you know, I mentioned guys like Evan Sohn. he's publicly he's on TV. I've had guys like Jeff Hoffman, founder of Priceline.com, Ubid.com, Booking.com, you name it. And those are the level of, um, you know, kind of celebrity style guests that we interview on the show. So cool.
0: So cool, man. Wow. Thank you so much for coming on here.
1: Thank you. Thanks ton. for having I me. It was
0: a good time. Yeah. I feel like I, I could have had you on here for like three hours, but you know, we got to, you got to condense and it forces us to really get to the nuggets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, anything I can do for interterm, man, I really appreciate it. And, um, and for the listeners too, I mean, obviously you're listening to this show because you're interested in podcasting and you want to become a podcaster. And I would say, first thing is just go out there and do it. Uh, you know, follow the Nike way is like just do it. Just Uh, because it's never going to be perfect in the beginning. It's never going to be successful in the beginning unless you one get started and two, you stay consistent with it and you stick with it. Hell yeah. Love that advice. And
0: those people listening, if you did learn something and I freaking know you did because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back. Then share this with someone else. Be a thought leader to like one person, nine people, 3,000 people, whatever the number. Get good information into the right people's hands. With that, Connor, thank you so much again, dude. I'm so glad to have met you. Back at you, brother. Make it great. All All right, guys. It's been another crazy cool episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. P.T. Barnum.